Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 44 of the Tiny Disc Podcast, a show about games and life. I'm Robert Scarponito, and I'm joined here by the delicious Jack Cepeda. Mush mushy, everybody. What up? And the scrumptious Colin Sparling. It's moshi moshi, man. Come on. You guys, you guys in your not weeaboo ways. Excuse me. Was that mushy mushy? Moshi moshi. Jack said mushy mushy. <laughs> mochi mochi. Mochi mochi. <laughs> mochi mochi. Ice cream. Would you like, some red, would you like some ice cream or <laughs> some red bean with that? Yes. <laughs> you know, show you mostly. Oh my gosh. I, I always appreciate the uh, the s- slight Japanese lessons we get every uh, week, Colin. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, from from my haphazard three semesters of Japanese that I barely yes. passed. It's pretty the great. one the one gaijin on the show knows more Japanese than one <laughs> <laughs> <Slight> gaijin. <laughs> so I will now introduce myself as the gaijin. <laughs> I am calling the Boku, gaijin, Boku gaijin this. Ore wa baka gaijin this. Ninja gaijin. Welcome to the Weeaboo podcast. Uh, for those of you who don't know, gaijin means foreigner. And not like the 80s metal band. Yeah. yeah you know that song, that. I, I Want to Know What Love Is by Gaijin? <laughs> I would love to hear a Japanese rendition of that song. Guys, guys, there's a problem. I have a problem. Why oh, can't no. I remember the big song by by uh, Foreigner right now? I want to know what love know is. What love is. Mushu. I is want that, you is that to show me. Isn't, it, isn't there another? Didn't they have a song Guitar Hero or something? I mean, there's like what Jukebox Hero. Um, yes, that one. Okay, yeah, that's the money. And now you know, and now you can go forth in your life. Hate that. Hey, dude, it, listen, recalling, recalling song names is like my worst quality. It's so terrible. I'm to, I'm so bad at it. Yeah, so I believe that. I listen, guys, I have a random life. I do random weird things. I just do them sometimes. I don't know. I just go out and, you know, I, it's hard to get me to go outside, first of all. But when I go outside, sometimes I just go where the wind takes me. And so it leads me to weird areas and doing things I wouldn't normally do. But... This weekend, I found you wound myself up in Mexico. No, I found myself, <laughs> you know, utilizing my movie pass, of course. Okay. And the good thing about movie pass is that it, it takes all the risk, a lot of the risk out of watching a movie. Like, oh, I don't want, I don't want to go that movie, go see that movie because it's like fifteen dollars ticket, and it better be good if I'm spending fifteen dollars. Well, now I'm like, well, I can just go and tr- go and watch movies I never would normally see, and you know, and not really have to worry about wasting money. It's really just wasting time more than anything. But have either of you guys heard of this movie called You Were Never Really Here? No. Yes. Dude. I, I heard about it, and it's got, like, just insanely good reviews. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix, right? Yes. I yeah, watched it. I heard it was it. an incredible movie. Yeah. I, I, I'll try, unless you want me to spoil it. I'll try not to no, spoil it. No, don't spoil it. it. I actually okay. really want to see it. I love okay. Joaquin Phoenix. I was thinking of you the whole time, Colin. I was like, Colin oh. would love this movie. He's going to love it. So I have to recommend it to you. It is directed by Lynn Ramsey. Um, and it, it's, it just came out this year in North America and it is like the, they, they say this in the marketing material, but it's like the modern day answer to taxi driver. Have you guys ever seen taxi driver with Jodie Foster and Robert De Niro? No, no. I haven't. Oh. It was a bucket list movie though. Dude, me. you guys got, I mean, it's one of those like, oh, I feel really gross now kind of movies. It's just a really grungy, dirty, really depressing movie. <laughs> about really oh, depressing uh about really depressing uh subject matter i'll put it this way like Ooh, Jody Foster, man, she, 
She yeah, she did some weird. She did some avant-garde stuff when she was younger, man. And this is like a young, like teenage Jodie Foster too, which is weird to think about. But basically, it is. It is such a precisely edited film, and I'm now I'm talking about you were never really here. It's such a precisely edited film that I really appreciated the pacing and the sound design and just things that I don't normally pay attention to. You know, in movies, I'm just like there to watch it and like enjoy. But this one, I was like, man, they spent a lot of time and effort in thinking of how they cut this movie and the editing and everything. And so I really, really enjoyed the film. It was like in a lot of ways, it's like the perfect film for me. Um, So I don't want to get too spoilery, but man, it is it is like edge of your seat. It's an experience, you know, and I'm glad I'm glad I saw it from from what I understand, like from just reading like a general synopsis of the film was that so basically it's kind of like an action film but they play on the theme of like like the main character kind of it's not like he's killing people just for the sake of killing people like it takes a very strong emotional toll on him right Isn't so that kind of like the, no the, like, no really it's pretty easy for him to kill people but it's that you know the synopsis of the film again this is not a spoiler at all but he basically is a um troubled and disturbed war vet from the gulf war and now that he's come back to the states, he makes his money by rescue rescuing uh, kidnapped and like human trafficked children. Oh, basically, wow. okay. And so he's known as the guy to go get your kid when they've been, you know, when they're in like these crazy, really precarious, terrible situations. And he doesn't use a gun at all. Um, people have guns in the movie, but he just uses a ball peen hammer. <laughs> classy, uh... very classy. <laughs> Yeah, Excuse so it's, me? <laughs> it's a lot like it's so it's 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 got some elements of uh, Drive, which is one of my favorite movies. It's got some elements of Hotline Miami in it. Um, okay, okay, but it's just to me. I know I say this term all the time, but it's like a masterclass in like film in film. Like it seriously is. It's just like there's so many great lessons to be taken from this film, and it's unlike anything I've really ever seen. It does remind me of Taxi Driver. I absolutely get the parallels there because you're involved with like an older guy and like a young child, you know, trying to rescue a young child and stuff from a really terrible situation. So go watch Taxi Driver. I would say first, and then just like hate yourself for the rest of the day, and then go watch this, and then hate yourself some more. Ah. Uh- at the end of this movie, and you know what? This movie is like high and tight, man. It is only 90 straight minutes. That's it. 90 oh, minutes really? in and out. Boom, boom. It is not a long It sounds like slog. one of those psychological type movies that's kind of like a slow burn cause based on how you described it, you know? It, 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 it's got a lot of layers. I'm just saying like, and Robert, like, right? Like one of our biggest criticisms of uh, uh, Blade Runner was that just stayed it out where it's welcome. This movie gets in and out, man. It's and, easy to sit through it and experience it. But at the end, you're just like, oh, shit. And so. I can appreciate that in a film. Yeah, Obviously. I like it when they get it. Yeah, I like it when they, you know, to tell a story. They don't stick around too long. That was kind of the same thing with uh, A Quiet Place. You know, they didn't outwear their welcome. And they got in and out. 90 minutes. Boom. So, I would say if, you, if you're if you a Joaquin Phoenix fan, one of his best movies, one of his best roles, period. And it, a Lynn Ramsey film, probably her best film she's made so far. And some of her other films, if you want to check out her other works, are uh, on Amazon Prime now. So. Damn. Well, what was the last like big time movie that Joaquin Phoenix was in? Big because I feel movie? like you don't hear his name thrown around as much anymore. I mean, I always think of Gladiator. Well, yeah, that, Gladiator because he played it, what? Who did he play? Uh, the main bad guy. I can't remember his name. Not yeah, Leon. I can't remember his name. He's like some Caesar esque character. Yeah, yeah. And then he was also yeah. uh, Johnny Cash in Walk. Right. Walk the I line. I said in Walk Hard. <laughs> in yeah. Walk Hard. In, walk in Johnny Cash's famous song. Walk yeah, yeah. Hard. No, the parody um, film. Yeah. 
wasn't he in uh i mean i don't remember how old this movie is her that movie where he falls in love yes. with Scarlett yeah, Johansson. That was I've actually been meaning to watch that. I want to watch that. Actually. You oh, haven't forget that either? That's it's, a great movie. It's uncomfortable in some parts, but yeah, it's well, we were talking about it in we were talking about it in class, and uh, we watched a couple of clips from it, and I was like, God, this looks awesome. Like, I love that it, movie. It's like a really extreme, like really good examination of the stuff that I'm majoring in. So, like, I really want to see it. Pretty sure Spike Jones directed that. And he did uh, Becoming John Malkovich, or yeah, someone, uh, what's the name of that movie? Maybe Being John Malkovich. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. So Spike Jones, that's one of his best films, and I think it's very interesting. I mean, I'm not going to spoil anything for people who haven't seen her, but I think it was incredibly interesting what happened to the AI at the end of that movie. Do you remember that, Robert? Yeah, yeah. That was really fucking out there and, and just so esoteric and really cool yeah i mean because you get turn a lot into skynet oh shit i mean you get a lot of stories right that always explore like what if the ais take over and they get all evil right but like i think her is interesting in that it explores the idea of like what if a dude just falls in love with the os of his phone right it's a you concept know, that i don't think is explored that often in film i think it's something that could happen in our lifetime <laughs> People yeah. are already marrying their anime dolls and anime pillows. <laughs> like, yeah, their body pillows of their anime yeah. waifus. Yeah, that's Sir, a real are you thing. telling me? Are you telling me you married this piece of blueberry pie? Yeah. So I just I, you might want to turn you might want to get rid of those. <laughs> 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 it's legal in some states, man. <laughs> it is. All right. So and then again in my travels, uh, I found myself in a grocery store that I've never really heard of before. Apparently, this is a big deal, though, because there's only like five or six of these in the country right now, and Austin just got theirs. It's called H-Mart. Yo. Yo. (laughs) Dude. So I was going to like give you shit for like, oh, how do you not know the store, even though I probably won't know it? (laughs) But I actually know H-Mart, and I've always wanted to go to one. (laughs) Are you serious? How do you know about it? Oh, first, I should say... I feel uh, let so me just, out of the loop right now. <laughs> let me just say what it is, and I'll get you back in the loop, okay? It's basically a gigantic Asian marketplace like that oh. tries to recreate actually being in Asia as much as humanly possible. And so they have they have live music, they have a huge food court, they have all this like uh, food like you know like restaurants you can walk up and down kind of like food court in a mall, and then they have like like kind of a mini mall in there on top of like the most elaborate most densely packed most insane asian grocery store i've ever seen with like korean melons like crazy straight up like rice like fresh out the patties like it's it was a thing so i've never i've never have seen anything like that before and i've never even heard of it but how do i'm curious robert how do you know about it um jack come on when i came to america i tried to look for every way i could be in touch with asian stuff asian food asian anything really I mean, mostly Korean and Japanese. And so I found out about H-Mart just by, like, Googling shit. And, of course, being in fucking Columbus, Ohio, it's hard to find Korean stuff, believe it or not. Like, I found found places that work. But shit, man. I've always wanted to go to an H-Mart. I thought there was decent Asian stuff, like, off Kenny Road there in Columbus. Like, I thought there was, like, a nice little... You know, Kiyama Shoten, like all those other stores. Like, I thought, that, oh, there's nice representation of Asian culture here in Columbus. Then I get down here, I'm like, no. Like, the Asian game in Austin is way stronger than in the Midwest, which I guess you can, you know, you would expect. But have right. you been inside an HMR or have you just, like, seen YouTube videos or what? I've, I've, I haven't even seen the inside of any of them. I'm just like, I want to go oh there. Oh, my gosh. I, I can imagine what's inside. So I got this cheese mushi cake. 
which was yep. fantastic. That's that's what we were munching on before the show. Uh, I was nominal. That's why you said mushy mushy. You yes, you red <laughs> bastard. I got, I got. Is that really called for? <laughs> so I got the mushy cake. I got straight up pocky. I got the green tea Kit Kats. I got oh, yes, yes, matcha Kit Kats. I got addiction, the uh, bro. I got the calorie mate. I got a straight up like the most fresh out of Asia like bag giant bag of rice like a twenty five pound bag of rice like this rice is gonna last me forever and it's like the riciest Yo, like I, sushi rice. I always have like a forty pound bag of rice. It's probably forty pounds actually. Now I think about it, yeah, it, it's it, so worth it. And it's just man, I I was taken aback because there's live music there too. There's like Li- like live music. Like, yeah, what, what do you mean though? Like like a stage and like lights and like live music at all times. <laughs> Are you not it's... familiar with the concept of a live music? <laughs> what show, do you mean? Live, what is this live music? <laughs> which you speak? I mean, are... like, do they have like traditional Chinese? You know, it was musicians. A dude, it was or... a dude. With a, it was an Asian guy with a harmonica and a and a uh, acoustic guitar. But it changes all the time. But that's what was there when I was okay. there. So I had no idea what I was in for. Now that I know that that is here, it is like a straight up destination that I want to go to. Like in the morning, spend multiple hours there. The seafood is, I need I say, is like the freshest seafood I've ever seen in my life. I mean, you, it smells like fish. Don't get me wrong, but Which it is, is just so incredible. You see, like master sushi dudes, like. It's where you can get like the shabu shabu. You can get the uh, you can get the hot pot. You know how they do the thinly sliced meat and all that. Like you mm-hmm. can buy that there. I've never seen a, a, a grocery store where you can go and buy that. You know what I mean? Like you have to go to a restaurant and just buy and eat it, not go buy it and take it home. So now I'm like, man, I can do hot pot now. Like I can do all this stuff that that I never really thought would be possible. You know, without going to an Asian restaurant. So I am very very excited. And it actually is less than a mile away from my old apartment. <laughs> oh, very nice. Oh wow. Wait, which is only, you know, it's about 15 minute drive probably from where I'm where I'm at now, but I totally am hype on that and I'm going to go there for groceries like on the regular now. Oh wait, hey. so you didn't know about it before you moved? Uh I knew they were they it like was opening like right as we were moving. Oh, and it's so newer. My, okay. Yes, this is totally yeah, totally newer. Colin, can I can I blow your socks off? I'm going to blow your Whoa. friggin' mind. Whoa. Sup, sup. There are like four, five, six H marts in 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 a, like Washington State. Uh oh, three Uh-oh. of them just around Seattle. Oh, oh no! Yay. Oh, oh yes. Wait, were you Jeez. just googling this just now? <laughs> yes, I was because it kind of made me think like shit. I wonder where the locations are because I just Dude. I imagine they were somewhere west coast. It is but, not right. just it is not just like one of the nice it's it's the best supermarket experience I've ever had. I've never been to Weidman's or Wegman's or however you say it. So I've heard good things about that place. But this is by far not just the best Asian grocery store I've ever been to. It's the best grocery store I've ever been to. It's oh, it, and it kills Whole Foods, it kills Giant Eagle or whatever, you know, it's it kills it all. Like this is the best grocery store. I mean, Tensuke was already a game changer for me when I like when I went there. But that just yeah. sounds like a whole not. That's just a whole other level. It sounds like I'll, I'll share a video with you after the show and and just look it up, man. It's just like oh, just you want to go there and spend all day. They got Korean fried chicken there. Mm-hmm. Ooh, the ooh, actual oh, KFC. The oh, best they KFC. have a they have a snow monster in there too with the uh, what do you call that? That shaved ice dessert. What's that called? Uh, Boosing, Bingsu. Bingsu, that's it. Boosing. Ooh, yeah. They oh, it's just it's just like Asian overload. They have like massage chairs you can sit in for free. Wow, yeah, dude. it's it is it was an experience. You're getting me hyped, and oh, it's and it's worth mentioning that uh, part of the Tiny Disc Podcast will very soon be doing the Pacific Northwest. So 
How yeah, soon is, uh, look how out soon for that. Soon? In Very soon. July. Oh my gosh, that's really soon. Dang. Yeah, nice. Colin and I are going to be yep. moving out to Seattle. Confirmed? Confirmed. Right, 100% confirmed. You're committed to the show. It's going to happen. Oh yeah, yep. I, no, I can't go back on my word now. Right, right. <laughs> my word is yeah. law on when it's live when it's live on the show. <sighs> so yeah, so we'll be we'll be coming at you from Pacific time and Central time, boy. That would Dude, be fun. I'm, I'm just excited. And also, Colin, there are some other good Asian stores here. Like Tenske Market's nice, but there's also it's one good. that I go to around here that I can show you if you want. Hell yeah, and, let's and do then, it. So, Robert, so guess what else opened up in Austin? I haven't gone to it yet, but it's on the list. The 99, 99 Ranch Market. Don't. Do they you have know 99 that? brands of ranch? You were saying you're Googling places, so it's like another like tent pole style Asian-specific grocery store that's supposed to be like incredible okay i've never heard of that one but okay we'll see i haven't been it just they just like these two open within like months of each other like right in my neighborhood so i'm just like ah so excited so anyways um yeah that's that's how excited i can get over asian grocery stores (laughs) no i actually had sushi for lunch today too that's the ironic part oh nice awesome awesome so all right and then to wind down the day right i random thing number three uh Something happened for the first time in, what, 14, 15 years? Something ridiculous like that? Yeah. But fucking A Perfect Circle just surprise dropped a new album like Friday night. And maybe it wasn't a big surprise to everybody. Maybe people were expecting it. But for me, it was just like, oh, on the internet, they're all of a sudden tweeting that their album's out. And I was like, oh, shit. I mean, um, they, they did like let people know ahead of time that they were dropping it, but it was like very close to the time that they were releasing it. Okay, people so people know. were ready yeah. Friday for it to be out? It wasn't a Yeah, they were, okay. they were ready, but it was out of nowhere that they announced a new album. Like no one even knew yeah. that Perfect Circle was working on stuff. For me, so. it was like Half-Life 3 came out. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I like, didn't know you liked a Perfect Circle that much. I love a Perfect Circle. I, I'm, I'm a, I love Tool and I love Perfect Circle, but I'm not one of those people that like if you rip on Tool or like disrespect them, like I get all defensive. Like they're the greatest band in the world because Tool fans <laughs> are just Tool like fans are ridiculous. They are bro. ridiculous. Like I get that. <laughs> like I, I, I somewhat was like that earlier in life, but now I'm just like, hey, who gives a fuck? You know. But Tool fans do, uh, take themselves very seriously. <laughs> I mean, yeah, dude. It like listen. Dude, I don't know if you have any idea, Robert, but like. Tool fans are like, listen, you listen to Tool and you, and you like really listen to what's going on in the music and the lyrics. It can like elevate you to another plane of existence. And yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, pretty. I mean, I've, I've heard a few Tool songs, so I kind of like have an idea for their vibe. Like I know uh, Schism and like Lateralis. That's kind of it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's it's great music. Don't get me oh, wrong. Yeah. I love oh, yeah. the music. I love the music. But yeah. like, but like, yeah, people just put it's them the on this base. throne. It's yeah, a fan base. Yeah, it's, it's much like the Sonic fan base. <laughs> It's a lot like the Rick and Morty fan base. Oh, uh, yeah. But, we want our Szechuan sauce. But, like, I and, can understand. And the periphery fan, fan base, if you know them. But Yeah, like, I, I can know. understand why Tool hasn't hit the mainstream. Because, like, when you listen to their music, it's very much, like, you know, you can tell a lot of people wouldn't necessarily like it. Oh, no. It, it's you know? it's not for everyone. It's it's very progressive. A lot, like, very, almost like, uh, like, the song structures are more like, like, movements and like like an orchestra would do or something like that you know there's yeah. a lot of changing parts it's not I, like a your tr- typical a b a b c sort of song structure I, I, I didn't want to talk about tool though <laughs> but yeah going back anyway it's all Maynard james keenan it's fine yeah right. let's, let's go back to a perfect circle so, so i'm i'm a fan of the aesthetic pleasing nature of a perfectly drawn 360 degree circle myself okay okay <laughs> all right i <laughs> I have no comment on that. I'm terrible at using compasses, though. Like, I'm those, one of those people that always fuck it up, you know? Like, you just, like, skip across the paper and tear it open with the needle. 
Are you a fan of the number pi, Robert? Uh, three point one four something. Yep. Okay. Good. So, all right, guys. Fuck. Can't <laughs> take you anywhere. So they dropped a new song, but have or a new single. Have you guys heard it yet? And they have an official video. It's called uh, Disillusioned. Yes. Yes. I did. Yes. Dude, I am definitely definitely a fan. That video is or not really the video, but just the song itself can stand on its own without the video. I just think it's a very very necessary song for our time it's speaking to like the generation now like how we worship you know our our personal devices you know and 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 how we have willingly kind of like given our consciousness over to the machines yeah no i think it's a very profound message and how how did you listen to that song jack on title with what device with my headphones Oh, so so you gave yourself to the machines to listen. To I the did, song. yeah. I'm, a, oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I had to use a machine to listen to the song about the machines. Yeah, yeah. So th- I, I guess the only way to you should listen to this album is you either had to buy the the LP and have like some hand crank, <laughs> some hand crank record player. Don't give the internet any ideas. Colin. Or you have to go see it live, but it has to be an unplugged acoustic session because you know we can't use electric. <laughs> technology i would love to see i would love to see them live i anyway screw you guys that song's awesome (laughs) the video's cool too but the song's even better uh and i'm just glad that the perfect circle's doing stuff again hopefully they'll follow this up with a tour but it's been way too long man you know you can i think people you know have been born and like gotten their driver's license the last time a fucking perfect circle album came out i mean when was the the last perfect circle album? it was like oh four or something like oh four oh five yeah it was right around it's way too long you know i uh i grew up listening to like all that stuff like judith was one of the songs of my childhood believe it or not yeah judith by a perfect circle great freaking song um but it's like how i knew them back then from that sort of sound the the shift that they took with this album is is a lot different. I mean, even the you can hear it in just the single alone, disillusioned. Um, but I'm definitely like a person who like I I'm I'm a definitely a sucker for very atmospheric music. Something that kind of sits there and builds like a soundscape and kind of takes you away to somewhere else. You know you know what I mean musically anyway. I but it also that that's the cool thing about Maynard James Keenan is he has this habit of really pushing like uh, like a very strong message in his songs lyrically. And uh, that like th- this is no exception here in this. And actually, I really like Pucifer's. Uh, I don't know if it was their last album, Money Shot, but it was it was several a lot of similar like aesthetic choices music wise with this. And so this kind of feels like in some ways an extension of that. What but I like also. Ab- oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, so also like Pucifer also had a song like it was a really chill sounding song, but it was also all about like talking down to someone and talking shit on them called the remedy. <laughs> it was pretty yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to say that what I really have come to respect and, and uh, look for in perfect circle is that they're not with their sound. They're not afraid to mess with dynamics and with tempo. Not at all. Not at and all. with like, like the resonance of the sound itself and just like it sounds all like hippie shit but i'm like it's not just made in pro tools you know and like and then realigned and like sounding all shiny perfect like you know electronica or or edm or whatever it's 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 raw you know and like they're shifting tempos all the time they're actually getting quiet in parts i think even disillusion has some silence in the middle of it too which is like unheard of like that's pretty cool and I just, there's no songs like, you know, in the mass media come out today that are really doing what they're doing. 
So they yeah. were sorely missed for over a decade, and I'm glad they're back. Yeah, and Tool's yeah. coming out with a new one, too, soon. Yeah, we'll see. I'm not going to believe that one until it's in my <laughs> CD player. And even then, I, I, I would be surprised. I, w- I would not be surprised if I stuck that new Tool CD in my CD player and it was just like all Mayor James Keenan's just farts or something. <laughs> it was just him farting. <laughs> it's, it's the climactic I would, finale. Here you go, Tool fans. He would totally yeah. do that. He's hilarious. Oh, yeah, like he, that. Would, he would. He totally fucking hates like Tool that. fans. Mayor James. <laughs> no one hates Tool fans more than Mayor James. Are Keenan you serious? Himself. That's a weird thing to say, dude. He fucking like anytime someone like asks him about Tool shit, it's like every. It's like it's like Half Life Three and Gabe Newell. It's like every time someone asks me about the new Tool album, I just push it back another three months. Well, it's not really <laughs> in a way. It's not even like really his band. I know that's kind of weird to say, but it's like he doesn't I mean, call many of the shots. Like, did you did you guys see the or hear of the interview of Manor James Keenan with uh, Joe Rogan? Have you guys listened to that? I I, I listened to uh, a good portion of it. Dude, I listened to all of it though. It is so insightful as into how Tool works. Like they basically spend like six years, seven, eight years writing an album, and then when it's done, will he go in and put in the lyrics? But they have to have all the music down before he'll put down any lyrics to a song, and he writes it to the song. He tried to like interject his own, like he'll write lyrics and try and put it in songs, and it's never worked. So he always waits till they're done, and then they finally say, "Okay, we're not going to change it anymore," and then he'll start writing. So that's what takes so long. That's pretty bonkers, actually. Six yeah. to eight years, though. I mean, think about it. Think about I mean, the albums. They come out like they're forever in a day, you know, apart. I mean, I was listening to this stuff yeah. back in like 98. Like, it's almost I mean, as bad as a perfect circle. Yeah. Right. In right. terms of like, you know, time. Or uh, yeah. System of a Down, for that matter. Jesus. Oh, they're done, right? Or no, I think they had a reunion tour in the last no, five dude, years. They've been, they've been touring together like on and off for like the last five or so six years. I saw them back in 2012 with Deftones. Like, wow. They're still Whoa. touring and doing stuff and then they did this this really shitty thing and I know this is kind of a tangent but this is quick. They did this shitty thing where they're like, they, they showed like a bunch of posters and like they were posting and they were like, it looked like it was built up to a new album and then they posted like it was actually just three tour dates over in California with a poster Aww. in the background. It wasn't actually the cover of a new album. And, it, and they put hot hashtag not the new album. I'm like, that's so <laughs> shitty. That's garbo. Why would you do that? Wait, like, is it even confirmed that they're working on a new album? Or is it just tours? Yeah, because, I mean, they, they show themselves in the studio. Shavo said they were working on new stuff. And there's been, like, mu- so much back and forth. And then Serge said that, or Shavo said that Serge is the person that they're waiting on to get the album done. Like, they're literally just waiting on Surge to get on board. <sighs> I realize this might piss a lot of people off, but I kind of don't want another System of Down album. They've kind of gotten worse to me, not better. I mean, Hypnotize was my favorite album by them, so... The first album, I can't remember what it's called. I think it's just called System of Down. The first album With, was self-titled, yeah. Yeah, with Sweet Pea, like, that's my favorite album there's. I mean, Hypnotize had some amazing melodies on it. It does. But I know it we're, does. T- we're totally get we're getting away from a perfect circle now. Uh, so. yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm off it. I'm off it. That was my life, guys. Yeah. Sorry, extra random Jack facts for the week. So, Jack facts. Oh, that can be a segment. Jack facts. We, we just time did for it. a weekly Jack facts. No, there but yeah, guys, go check out a perfect circle though. If you, I mean, if if you want some new li- music to listen to and you never heard of them, um, we definitely noticed that we don't talk about music as much as we should on here. So maybe yeah. maybe we'll turn it into a thing. The album's called Eat the Elephant. It's streaming now. It's awesome. Yep. It's awesome. on Spotify. It's on Title, probably on iTunes, Apple Music. It makes but who the tw- uses that? The twenty dollars I spend a month on Title, it makes it worth it to hear the absolute. Damn, you're spending mat- twenty bucks a month, bro. I'm getting the master. Like it's better than Lossless, believe it or not. <laughs> it's like listening you to know, the I, master I've been in the studio. About that. 
Yeah, yeah. So, I, I consider it switching. So I, I had like a, like I bought like an SD card or something like that, and it had six months of title for free, and that's like sixty bucks. That was like Oof. more than that SD card cost. And I was like, yeah, all right, I'll do it. And then I just, I'm spoiled. I, like I'm fortunate enough to have like a good DAC, and I have really good headphones, and like I can hear the difference now in file music quality. Like I never used to notice. I used to never give a shit, and now that I hear it, if it, it bothers me now, if I, if I have crappy sounded files yeah so you can't you want you cross that yeah i'm right there with you once you cross that threshold man you cannot go back yeah look at these puppies the hd yeah yeah this is, this is pretty it's some pretty headphones boy yeah, yeah this is some good audio for all the, the audience at home yeah. can see those <laughs> yeah, headphones. Like yes yes all right. so, but, all right. so we've, we've talked about movies we've talked about korean supermarkets we've talked about music let's talk about some video games guys all right so I think let's get the big one off everyone's chest that I'm pretty sure all three of us played. Are you talking about the seminal release, uh, Dad of Boy? Dad of Boy, released on 420, where Kratos <laughs> is done killing all the gods and he just decides to blaze it up with his son, which is a little weird because you know his son's like really underage for it, but it's a good it's a good story. This got weird fast. <laughs> 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 okay so all right, i'm gonna ring it back in yeah so all three of us. god of war god of war guys okay first first of all first of all give me your initial impressions boy boy <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> that's about initial, it my whatever initial, I whatever lot, i have lots of words and thoughts here but we should say are we gonna try and be spoiler free uh yeah i, I mean talk about like spoiler free pretty easily so yeah okay. how how I, uh how far I are can, you two i'm I am like right, i'm like Right before the end, so Jesus. Oh wow! Yeah. I played I, a lot. Okay, I am maybe five hours in. I'm guessing. Oh boy. Okay, I um, haven't made it to the mountaintop yet. I've made it to the mountaintop. Okay. So was, Mar- was Martin Luther wait. King there? Yes, he was, and okay. he said, "I have a dream that one day Kratos will kill all the gods." Ah, spoilers. So here are my <laughs> thoughts here. I did not think I was going to like this game. And though it has some flaws in it, I do like the game, but with some caveats. I am I'll start with the negatives, I guess first. I really hate how it doesn't run at a solid 60 frames a second, even on the PlayStation Pro and if you're playing it at 1080p. It's still like 40, 45 frames a second, just enough to be annoying where you can kind of get some smoothness. If you're in the interior, then it runs really well. And and that's the kind of disappointing part because you're like, oh, this is how it should run when it's at 60 frames locked. And it's great. But then as soon as you go outside, it's nope, goes all the way down to 45. So I'm like, come on, man, this is what the pro is for. And then if you if you put on resolution mode, it just like junk, 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 junk in the 20s, 25s, 30s. And it's just like, can we not get a first party game to run well on the PlayStation Pro in 2018? Like, damn. So that's something that I didn't have that many problems. That's something that disappoints me. I don't I'm not saying it's a problem. It's just like they should it should be locked at 60, especially at 1080. You know, on a PlayStation Pro is what I'm saying, you know, but it doesn't hit 60. It never touches 60. dude. It doesn't even get close. So whatever. But it's a game about combat, right? It's like it's kind of like a fighting game. So that's another thing that kind of bothers me. Like the combat is good, but there are just enough things about it that annoy me. Like the parry system is not great. I think the uh, I think the fact that like enemies can your guys faces right now. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my gosh, I'm getting the hate, right? I'm getting the side eyes from two sides. Where would you? Why would you say something so courageous? The Perry so system. No, go, keep going. Go the Perry system is not great. I think the I think the combat is okay, but I just think it's clumsy. Uh, I think that it's just imprecise. I don't know. I think the combat, believe it or not, I think the combat felt better in God of War one and two than it does in this game. I'm not saying it's bad combat. Mm. I'm not saying it's bad combat. I'm talking about for the series. Now, the positives, okay? The graphics are incredible when they're standing still. The sound design is great. Uh, I can kind of tell where the story's going to go. I can predict, and we'll see how uh, you know how big their balls get as far as storytelling goes, but this could be a great, a great story. I can see the potential there for sure. I think the writing is strong. I, I have confidence in, in that. Uh, Mild spoilers, it's really good. I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, and... and here's why I thought I was going to dislike this game. I thought it was going to be just an also ran like whatever. It's just ripping off a, you know, Resident Evil four, uh, tomb Raider, uh, rise of the tomb Raider, uh, you know, gears of war with like the, you know, three quarters back over the shoulder view. It's just like, you know, looks like every other game, but it's doing a lot of things that God of war needed to do. It's taking a lot of risks. It's taking a lot of chances. It totally changed up the formula. It's completely refreshed and rebooted the franchise. You know, so it's not just another God of War Ascension, which famously I didn't even play because I because who gives a shit. So I really applaud it for that. And that's the, you know, the biggest compliment I can give it like, wow, they they gave a shit about this. They took a chance. They risked it all and it's paying off. And this is exactly the kind of thing I was talking about uh, weeks prior with Far Cry 5. Far Cry 5 should have done what God of what what God of War has done. They should have completely like taken you know the the core elements of the franchise and reinvented it man this is ubisoft you're talking about here i I mean i mean they 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 could pull a freaking assassin's creed origins with it maybe you know but i don't even think origins do you understand what i'm saying though like they really flip the script on god of war and i wish they did that on far cry when if they ever do that with far cry then i'll get excited for it but if they keep pumping out games like three four and five now and and just keep sticking that formula. I just get more and more bored. I've just been there, done that, seen that. I don't have time. Well, yeah, to I mean, play yeah, it's it's fatigue with the, any series that just kind of remains the same. And yeah. to to kind of go back, it's like so we have one Corey Barlog, you know, coming off of one, two, three, four, five, six, yeah, six God of War games. Um, that I forget run, how many spinoffs there are. <laughs> yeah, well, there's there's only the two PSP games, and then there's Ascension, right? Um, which Ascension is just a prequel. Right, it's like um, the origin story. Right, whereas uh, the PSP games take place in between a couple of the games. I can't remember the timeline, um, but basically, a lot of basically all the games followed uh, generally the same formula. And personally, I was a huge fan. I loved I loved the games. Like they they gave like a sense of scale in games that I'd never like seen before. It still blows my mind that God of War two can do what it does on a freaking PS two. Yeah, like it's incredible. Yeah, it's sweet. Um, they really took advantage of the hardware. They squeezed every last drop out of the PS2. Um, and then God of War 3 was that, that just thrown into HD and even taken to even bigger heights, you know, scale-wise. And the story wasn't the greatest, but then, you know, Ascension came out and the series just started to fizzle out. Everyone was getting fatigued with it. And Ascension generally didn't sell well. It did not sell well at all. Like, and got moderate to low reviews and so Corey Bar likes well, like shit guys we're going to have to take some time off we're going to have to you know build this back up and 
there's actually a reaction video of Corey Barlog uh, right after the embargo for this game lifts. He reacts to the reviews. He videoed himself and put it on oh. his own YouTube channel. Yeah, it was very good. And it's like I've never seen like you can feel every single one of his emotions like he's like, all right, guys, I'm, I'm opening the reviews now. And he's like, oh, my God. Thank you. Like, oh, like his like, first think, reaction, like not yeah, like a prepared like, reaction. Yeah, he's just like, yeah, because ni- 93, 94 on Metacritic, like just 10 out of 10, like everywhere. I mean, this game is very highly critically reviewed. And to me, getting to my, my perspective on the game, I think it lives up to the hype. At least for me, this game yeah. is the perfect game for me. Like it hits any every one of the buttons. It's got almost like a Zelda-esque structure to it, it um, more in, in the way of like the 3D Zelda games, which I really, really like. And that hits like it kind of almost reminded me of playing Twilight Princess for the first time. Like, I have, like, can I can I just say there was a point like five or so hours in where I was like, this is literally Ocarina of Time right now. I <laughs> oh, no, not not that uh, Wind Waker. It's like literally Wind Waker right I now. I have a it feeling much is. I have a feeling maybe that I haven't like gotten to the part of the game where it completely opens up like that. Then oh, so, you haven't. No, you it haven't. still feels very linear to me. I'm sure it's going to change, but yeah, it I'm changes still, drastically. I'm still, yeah, I'm still yeah. having uh, you know. Uh, gameplay elements kind of revealed to me slowly like i'm yeah, just not you'll, upgrading you'll weapons the, and stuff and armor you're probably pretty close though if you've been playing five or six hours yeah right um and so um just as, as like kind of other mild spoiler things like you know they they throw in an upgrade system like you can upgrade everything and of course i, I obsess over that the gameplay feels so tactile throwing your axe feels so good dude the way <laughs> the controller so vibrates satisfying. the way it vibrates when you the axe returns to your hand oh yeah i love it's, that feeling it's shunk like it just like lands in your hand no matter where it is i love how like depending on where you throw it you can hear like extra noises that it makes on the way back it's like ding 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 yeah yeah and it oh it's just so so nice feeling i love that you can drop it or throw it and like 20 minutes later you can go like as far away as you want and just hit triangle and it just snaps back it's so funny yeah yeah and, and the and the ridiculous i mean there's not a single load screen in this game that hide the load screens really well in this oh, game they do some really yeah. smart stuff i never thought about um, that yeah you're yeah, right the only time it loads is like when you die and like you know you restart right right mm-hmm. and just um the way kratos moves i don't know for me i know jack kind of refuted this but i feel like it, it feels really uh uh what, what am i what's the word i'm looking for I don't know. It just generally feels good to move Kratos around like that over the shoulder perspective. And I actually read that they debated for a really long time where they should put the camera on this game because actually during development, they had it pushed way farther back. And I I don't think that I don't think that would have captured the same feel. I wish it was more. I wish it was more dynamic, though. I wish it like shifted like with the world and then maybe came back to, you know, home base, so to speak. But yeah, if they would have did that kind of like what they did with the other God of War games, kind of like to show you the general scale of the game that I guess that could have been cool. Like, I definitely don't disagree to clarify what I mean by his movement. I think moving him is fine until Mm -hmm. you get surrounded by enemies. And then also, like, it uh, clearly it, the movement is limited because that's why they have that shortcut, you know, snap back, turn around, 180 button, right? Yeah. Because yeah. that gets you well, into, because having the camera there gets you into tough spots and they needed a quick ejector button out of that. So well, that's yeah, what I'm talking the, about moving it. But I think he moves generally fine. Yeah. And well, and another thing is, too, is like, you're also early in the game. So, like, you, you later on in the game, you get a lot more attacks where you can, allows you to have more population control, essentially. Yeah, you, know, they, you can clear a room a lot quicker later on because you get more area of effect type attacks and things like that. Right, because I, I do it's agree needed. with you, Jack, that like at first when I started the game, I thought the combat was kind of like, oh, is this it? 
And then, like, when I looked at the skill tree, I was kind of like, I hope those actually, like, do enough to keep combat yeah. interesting, like, 10 yeah. hours later. And, yeah, they it it works really well. I mean, it's it's deceptively simple. Yeah. But um, it it's really nice having all those tools at your disposal. And it's not so complicated where you're kind of, like, overwhelmed with, like, oh, no, what should I do at this moment? You know what I mean? Like, you always kind of have an answer to every question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah this- and and I what I like about like kind of the like the upgrade to system two since I mean you can find like new abilities and like new attacks through chests and stuff like that, which is cool. Um, and you can upgrade those uh, through experience uh, to add more damage and things like that. But on top of that, like some one of the criticisms I was reading about the game was that some people think the upgrade system and like the leveling up and and the stats and all that stuff is a little bit too deep for a game like this. But in my opinion, I think it's kind of like the perfect amount of complex. It's not so overly complex that you're playing the Witcher. You know, you're like you're really micromanaging all your items, all your status effects. Like you are doing that to a certain degree, but it's not to that level. You're not like oiling your blade or anything before. Right. You're not doing anything ridiculous like that. I mean, you can get it there to a certain way where you can like, you know, throw abilities up and have like, you know, a passive effect going when you're going into a fight or whatever. But I think it's just like the right amount of balance, like to tickle that RPG player in me. But still, be more like kind of like the streamlined Zelda type gameplay. What yeah. what I uh, like about the skill tree is that they really do a good job of dangling the carrot in front of your face. Like, ooh, just oh, just wait yeah, till you get yeah. this. You're like, oh, that looks awesome. Something and, and I want. They, they show you like a little video in the top right of like this is what it looks like when you do it, and it's like, oh, that's extra cool. Yeah, um, and th- that's the coolest thing. And they do a really good job at like gameplay reward balancing too, like in, from a design perspective. Because it's like um, when you get a quest or whatever, they'll be like, okay, so like here's what you here's what you got to do for the quest, and here's what you'll get. Like here's a possibility of what you'll get for doing that quest. So you can gen- like re- genuinely decide whether you want to do that quest for what you get out of it. And yeah. yeah, and so I don't know, just just the way that they go about all that stuff, just it, it makes it s- super satisfying to progress. Kratos is a character and also progress through the story. What yeah, difficulty are you guys playing on? Balanced. I I tried at like the hard difficulty, not the not God of War, but like the one above, and it's above frustratingly it? hard. Oh, you mean lower than it? You mean when like you the one before it. God of War? The one gotcha. Yeah, it, like level three, not level two. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, it's tough at first and part of that was also me like kind of getting used to it because it's this weird thing where it kind of feels like dark souls but it also feels way more fluid than dark souls ever was so you've got to be like on your feet you've got to be quick this is the hard uh, hard difficulty makes it like three hits you're dead yeah i've heard that and and like literally like three hits and you're done And, and so what i was gonna say is that this is literally a Dark Souls informed God of War. They are going for some Dark Souls here. I mean, that's why the action buttons now are on the triggers. There's a little bit there. I've never yeah. been a massive fan of that. But Neo. I guess I I know I'm not a massive fan of it. But I guess it's necessary to because if you're like have to do- if dodging is like an integral part of combat and you'll die if you don't dodge, then it makes sense to have it so you have to keep your thumbs on both thumbsticks while you're attacking, mm-hmm. I guess? Yeah, you, wait, you, know you, can, you know you can swap them, right? You don't have to play in the triggers. Yeah. I mean, you I can, know, but I'm a fan. You can swap to the face buttons. I know, but when I'm evaluating a game, I know this sounds weird or maybe traditionalist, but I want to play the game like with a, with a default control because I want to know what do they think is the best way to do these controls. You know, That's, right. what, I I hated that. about, that's what I hated about Cuphead so much because their default controls are absolute shit. See, I, I think what's interesting, though, right, is that it frees up, like, with the, the shoulder buttons being your attacks, it frees up your thumb to do a lot of things. Because you have the dodge button, 
Um, and then, like, if we're talking in combat, then you also have the return, like, axe return button, right? Triangle. And right. then you have the boy button, square. Right, right. Right. There so, you. like, he launches boy. an arrow. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking, I love boy so much. Um, Whoa! So, I mean, Robert said it. <laughs> yeah, I said it. And- <laughs> I love boy so much, singular. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, but, wow. But, I mean, like, it, it frees your thumb up so much. Like, I couldn't imagine playing it with, like, square and triangle being heavy and light attack. You know what I mean? Uh, to me, it. I mean, That's, maybe it's because I'm a seasoned Dark Souls guy, but like, it seasoned. makes a lot of sense. And I just kind of want to double back on some of the things you guys said because Jack, you said that the the sound effects are like fucking phenom. They're good, so good. Like my favorite Very thing good. is both the sound of the axe returning to you, and then also there's this one move you get later where if you're barehanded and you hold down the heavy attack, you just you like shove your shield into their face. And then, like, you punch your shield to make it ring like a gong oh, and cool. create a shockwave. And the sound for that is so powerful. And that it lingers. Cool. That sounds cool. It's really great. Um, yeah, I'm just the story and the story, though. We haven't even gotten the story yet, but the story, oh, yeah. I'm, oh. I'm not going to spoil anything, but they they hit, oh my God, they hit all the right notes. The relationship between uh, Atreus and Kratos is amazing like they make it feel so genuine and there's a lot of moments especially later on that are like just like you makes you really feel the connection between uh you and you know oh you and uh atreus excuse me and uh especially when you get um uh i I don't know if i want to spoil that no 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 but yeah like uh, there's just there's well very well written characters in the game and they really do a good job at uh the way in which they kind of inform you about the world is very intuitive. I thought it was super interesting the way they went about that. You're you're, yeah. you're uh, fairly certain you're right before the end here. Like, does the job I do am. a good or does the job Be- does the game do a good job of signifying that, or do you think it could continue? Uh, it straight up tells you like, hey, do whatever you need to do before you go do this next thing. Like, we're not coming back here. Okay. Mm. Yeah. But no, I agree that like the addition of Atreus makes this game incredible. And I don't know if you've read some of the news stories after the game came out, but apparently Corey said in interviews that they thought of removing Atreus like kind of soon before launch. Like they thought that he wasn't a good element to the game. And they also thought of removing the whole like one camera shot idea. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but like the camera doesn't cut. No, it doesn't. Unless you die. Right. Like there's there's no cut. It's always straight one shot, one track. Which I'm a fan of that. I've been playing it in I fucking. It awesome. I'm playing it in immersive mode. So oh, there are moments I'm just gonna where, say that, yeah, yeah. I don't even notice sometimes where it's like, oh, we're in a cutscene. Okay, right. But it's like it's really cool and it kind of keeps you in the combat and in the story a lot more. Um, and I do like that they added a thing where you can like set the the UI. So if you like just touch the touchpad, your UI appears and then disappears after a couple seconds. I feel like that's an intuitive use of uh, the touchpad on the PS4. Um, but no, back to Atreus, like, he is perfect for this character, for Kratos, right? Because if you played all the God of Wars, even if you didn't play all the God of Wars, you just think of Kratos as like, I'm mad, and I kill things, and I stab things, right? Like, vengeance. He's kind of like a one-track character, almost. And like, you you know, there's a lot of, like, there are reasons to it, right? Like, he's ha- he's had his grief. But I think Atreus brings it out in such a way in this in this game unlike any other god of war i've seen where even just like the very little things like you know you can tell like kratos is being super hard on him but you kind of get the sense of like 
it's coming from a good place or as good of a place as it can come from, from a guy who's died multiple times already who has <laughs> died multiple at, yeah. times and, and killed dozens of gods and, including yeah. his own family and has their ashes all over his body <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, also this this like isn't really spoiler because they say it early in the game but like atreus doesn't even know right like, he doesn't know he, kratos has passed right oh, I, didn't, exactly. I didn't pick that up i didn't pick that part up Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> that's oh, okay. No, I should. Know I mean, they by do. Now, right? They do let you know. Yeah, they do let you know pretty early, and that that's um, the uh, basically what I really like about the story too is there is if you played the previous games, like it does a lot of good service for you to like if you have played the other games, it makes you feel for the story in 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 some ways a lot more because they do, they give certain nods and things like that but it's definitely 100% a game you can jump into without ever playing the other games in the series. Yeah. And, and you still I, care about the characters. Yeah, I never played the other games. This is my first God of War actually. I just recently oh, watched wow. a video of like here's everything that happened in the past God of Wars. So now I kind of like understand more of where the story's coming from. I mean, Man. it's still pretty much like, you know, basically Kratos just went up to Olympus is like fuck you Zeus and like fucking kill all the gods and it was yeah it was like and, but I mean obviously it happened in a really really epic and over the top way where you know you're riding on the back of Titans and like overtaking Mount Olympus and it's god you should play God of War 3 at least but still like, God of War 3 is not the one to play I don't think either I think God of War 2 is probably the peak of the God of War 2 is the one. best one God but of War 2 is definitely my favorite I'm somewhat surprised you hadn't played the first one or, or the second one I, I wonder if those would hold up now for you i'm they do. curious i mean i love those I mean, games I, I god of war one is one of the only games uh, very f- select few games will i play all the way through twice and god of war one is one of them um I and mean, then the the rest of them i beat once and i never returned to but god of war one is like such a classic in so many different ways i, I just wonder if it hold up for someone like you Robert, that you know is, is new to the series because i mean They're, like i yeah, i'm enjoying my time with god of war like this new god of war but I don't plan on going back to play the previous ones personally. So, mm, I mean, yeah, I, the, I actually played the old ones like kind of recently. I have like all the HD collections on PS3. Right, right. Um, and uh, I was playing through the PSP ones because they made those a collection for PS3, which is pretty nice. And like the gameplay still holds up really well. Like it's I, I think it's a type of game that it's kind of like Devil May Cry, right? People still still play Devil May Cry because the the gameplay feels fast. The mechanics and kind of are good, yeah, fluid. very good. Yeah, it, the gameplay is just nice and it's very solid in God of War. I mean, granted, there's a lot of uh, QTEs and say what you will about those. It depends if you're a fan or not. But other than that, like the combat feels tactile. There, you can upgrade your your blades. You can upgrade the type of attacks that you get. You get different weapons. Like it's still a full blown great game both from playing wise and just the amount of stuff there is the way to feel old is to remember that god of war one on ps2 you had to play with a corded controller (laughs) (laughs) it's just like oh man remember those those are a thing yeah but i mean bringing it back to modern day god of war i think like this is a must-have for a ps4 like so many people are buying ps4s and ps4 pros for this game like it's a system seller, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. I oh see yeah, that. one one hundred percent. I mean, even on the kind of funny uh, Facebook group that I check every, all all the time, n- like they they had to stop all of the God of War threads that were being created in this Facebook group and basically create a giant mega thread because the the Facebook group was getting flooded with nothing but God of War posts. Like yeah. everyone is going ape shit over this game, oh, and, it, and it's and it's justified. Like I I can't. Like, I don't think I have an inherently negative thing to say. I mean, there's there's some things that, you know, here and there that I might be like, eh, I don't know about that. But, like, there's nothing where I'm like, 
damn, this is bad. Like everything about the game so far, like hits all the right notes for me as a gamer. Same. Like you, Robert, I'm glad I'm playing in immersive mode. I'm glad I got in there early. I did leave on the one option, though, to see like what the fuck you're picking up. <laughs> because I would hate that if you just pick stuff up and you don't know what resource that is or whatever. It would just drive me crazy. Yeah. So I left that option on, but it does make you pay much more attention to the world and, and kind of what's going on there. And I guess the, my last, I hate my last thing being a criticism of this game, but like the thing I can't stand is like, okay, like we're back to, uh, uh, last of us kind of territory we're like okay the adult now stands against this wall push the button to make the kid go up and let the chain down so the adult can climb over the wall now too you know what i mean there's a lot of that in the beginning i hope the full game doesn't do that over and over again because it's just a really tired mechanic and i was kind of rolling my eyes that they're doing it so much in the beginning it it does come up but i've never found it intrusive Uh, i just it's just like a i don't know it's just like a way to involve the kid just like it's not necessary at all like to I me mean, yeah. they they cover it up well with like good dialogue and good writing like that's what a lot of this game is for all the downtime like you know whenever you're just kind of sitting there waiting for like something to appear or like whenever you're riding an elevator or something like there's just dialogue that kind of speaks to their relationship that I guess distracted me from the fact that I was just it's another tired old mechanic of like having your follower do something for you mhm yeah, but, I mean, I never, I never, I never found a, a problem with those, those sort of things. I think it gives more opportunity to like write in story beats and things like that too. I don't know, like they do kind of build dialogue between Atreus and Kratos throughout, but I, I, I don't think that you know them having companion things to do, like actions and stuff like that. I think it makes sense within the the scope of this game. Let me, let a me lot. ask I you. I mean, oh, good. No, go ahead. Uh, that's pretty much okay. all I had to say. Sorry. Um, let me just ask you my last question here. Is it normal for me to be at this point in the game like annoyed with this kid? Like, I don't like this kid. Like, is he annoying to you guys in the beginning? Am I weird? Am I a broken man? <laughs> like, should maybe, I be like, oh, my maybe. boy? Maybe. I mean. Because he's annoying as I, shit right now. He's like a baby. I, he's like a wuss. I kind of I like him. I, I thought he was pretty great. Like, early so, in the game? I, that's that's part of his his character progression, for okay. sure. Like, yeah. the, it, 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 it's really cool because it... um a little bit later on like Atreus will start being like dad was that like was that good am I fighting okay like he asked for critique and Kratos to be like you need to pay more attention like you, you need to be more swift with your movements and blah 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 yeah, okay. you need but to as be you more pro- efficient right but as okay. you progress through the game he's like that was actually very good like okay 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 and things like that like right, cool. yeah but yeah. It, it goes along with as you upgrade Atreus which is kind okay. of funny because it's like appropriate but all right good yeah. well okay I'm glad to hear yeah, that uh, goes Atreus somewhere be- like he becomes a good character. He becomes more than just your walking Wikipedia. Right. You know, he's he, not. Yeah. He's not just like someone that's messing up all the time. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And yeah, if and yeah, I don't want to answer any more questions because I'm yeah. getting a spoiler tour. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. So yeah. cool. Cool. Um. So some things I wanted to say before we move on. Forgotten War. Um. One that very first boss fight, like with with, the, stra- with the stranger. Mm-hmm. That fucking sold me on like this is gonna be a good game. Because <laughs> that was an felt, intense, intense fight, bro. Yeah, that was such a good fight, and that to me, it um, it sold me on like, this is gonna be a great mix of like, over the top like Dragon Ball Z style action and like, straight up emotional and, like, just overtones. Oh, so good. Yeah, and that's <laughs> you what you can't, can't expect. Me. That's what you can't expect from God of War. Yeah, I know that this is your first one, but like that definitely is a hallmark of the series. And I do love. Oh, yeah. I did enjoy the camera work there, and I thought it was pretty uh pretty cool sequence for sure it was it was like yeah. wow i really can't kill this guy this is gonna suck mm-hmm. yeah and um, go ahead oh just another thing i wanted to say is that 
I kind of see where you're coming from, Jack, when you say like parrying feels weird in this game. Uh, there are two upgrades you can get later on that make that give you like two counterattacks when you parry, and those were like it was like flip of a switch for me. Like that feels great. All right, maybe like, I'll appreciate where, it when I get those. Yeah, yeah. Like there's one when you knock them. Like when you parry, you just punch them with the lip of your shield, and it like it knocks them the fuck back. <laughs> like it's a it's well, like they a go, shock they go wave. Flying. It's, yeah, it's okay. really great. It just feels really good. Like I just. The combat will feel bare bones for a while, but as you okay. as you get further in the skill trees and like you start incorporating more tools into your combat, it's gonna feel a lot better. Yeah, and yeah, I need and to you- see different bosses too because I can't keep fighting the same dude with like the stone block like you know, five times in a row. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually actually that that is kind of I guess a little bit of a negative thing I could say about the game is. They do do uh, so a little bit of reskinning a lot. Mm, like, you yeah. know what I mean? They they yeah. do take like we're gonna take the same enemy, but give you like a higher level version of that enemy uh, and just change the color palette a little and, bit. And now he's purple. Uh, right, right. I mean, but it's I don't know. It, like, it's kind it's one of those things where like, eh, kind of really though. But like, it's also one of those things where like, eh, I don't really mind it though because you you get to know how to fight these enemies and they they just give you like a more difficult, more dynamic version of that enemy. Okay, so. Yeah. It's not it's not entirely a deal breaker, but definitely okay. something worth noting. Well, everything you're telling me is making me look forward to the rest of the game. It just means I got to play more of it. So I'm, I'm early in oh, and yeah. I'm looking forward to it kind of blowing up and expanding. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah once, fi- it, once it opens up, I think you'll be convinced. Oh, for sure. Like that's for me was like, this is it. This is a great Hallmark game. Uh, Colin, before we get off this, like you say you're almost at the end. How, about how many hours ish would you say it took you to get there? Um, So the game doesn't really keep track of like gameplay time. I don't think. Um, but I would, I would guesstimate around 25, 30 hours. Dang. Okay. So it's a beefy game. There's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, yeah, I think I'm uh, probably the 25 or so mark. Um, I I played all day, the day it came out all day, the next day, most of the the next day. Like I was hooked. That game sank its teeth in me hard. You still haven't beaten here, so that's fine. And (laughs) our weekly giving you shit for that. And it looks like if it's going to be that long game, I might not have beat this game till November now. Yeah, I mean, I like this game better than Nier, personally, so just saying. Mm. No uh, one, no one, we don't need to cross this bridge. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's well, leave I, it I haven't beaten God of War yet, so I will reserve my judgment. Um, so we've been talking about God of War for like 30 minutes. Uh, okay. Anyone else have other games I wanted to talk about this week? I do. Well, hit me. I went to the lab, motherfuckers. I went to the, the Nintendo, Nintendo Laboratory. Labo. Oh God! My oh, you took the eighty dollar plunge. I uh, no, it's only seventy dollars. I think for the um, variety kit. Oh, okay. And I am impressed. I am really? impressed. I was not expecting it to be this awesome. It is not really a game. I know this sounds corny, but it's transcending games. It's, it's the much, next big thing. It's much more competing with. Legos. This is actually Legos in Nintendo form. So Nintendo Labo, I haven't seen anything from it since that E3 video. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And now I'm playing it. And I was like, oh, shit, it came out. And as I understand, like, it's in shorter supply, too. People are kind of snatching these up. But I only had time. Man, I was folding cardboard for like two and a half, three hours last night just to make two things. This is substantial. (laughs) This is like a project. Like the whole the variety box probably has literally fifteen hours of folding in it. Hours. Really? Yes. They are long. These are long. Gundam ass shit. It 
and so I made the uh, I made the RC car, and it taught me something about my Wii I, or my my Wii. It taught me something about my Switch. I didn't even know the 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 right uh, Joy-Con has a camera at the bottom of it. Like a full yeah, on camera. Stuff, I didn't yeah. know yeah. that. And so the front of the RC car, it has in the window when you're playing, it has like the video feed. So I'm chasing my cat with this thing and looking at her cute little face in the window. <laughs> like That's with the camera and like night vision. Yeah. And it was it was delightful. I don't know. It was awesome. So that was easy to put together. But then it took me like literally like two hours to put together the, f- the fishing rod. And I'll be damned. But the fishing game is really fun really fun and really immersive and really challenging and i had to literally pry it from my wife's hands last night like all right let's go to <laughs> oh bed because <laughs> she kept playing and she was like whipping around like rah, 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 like going crazy <laughs> and I'm, like, Whoa. I'm like ducking and stuff i'm like wow and i'm like all right we got to go to bed let's go and i had to like take it from her Oof. so still, it, i'm still picking car- pieces of cardboard out of my eyes <laughs> <laughs> so i have like four or five other things to make and like they're going to take me a long time. That robot suit thing apparently is like a weekend project. Like you can't put it together in like one day. Wow. So really? this, I mean, yeah, these are like elaborate projects, dude. These are like big Lego projects. Elabo. Right? They are. Yeah, they are. And they're very ingenious. Kind of the way you put Ikea furniture together. You're like, oh, that's some really smart engineering. You know, or Legos, even for that matter, that's mm-hmm. what you'll have that epiphany over and over again. Like, wow, they came up with some really creative ways of doing this, of like creating like, you know, a uh, a spool or whatever, or just complex machinery type things out of straight up just cardboard that you're folding. There's grommets involved. There's rubber bands there's strings. There's levers and pulleys and buttons and stuff. And it's just it's just really a lot of fun, man. I don't know. I, I, I it's it's better than I thought it was going to be. And I already I already thought it was gonna be cool. It's better than cool. And also they they let you use they give you like access to I don't know enough about this to really make a, a intelligent conversation about this, but from what I understand, they give you access to like programming tools and like APIs to reprogram to be able to have linear like a very uh, fine control over how the Wiimotes will react to like create your own inventions. If that makes sense, yeah. they'll let yeah. you code the system yourself to, to create your own kind of experiences. Right. No, I've, I've been seeing online people have been creating their own like like their own Labo style things. Yes. With a Joy-Con. Yes. Very cool. It is really like it reminds me of Little Big Planet when it first came out um, in a way. But man, it, I recommend it. I felt like a little kid again doing it. And it and they are they are time sucks so they will take a while even the nintendo the the switch was like you should probably take a break now <laughs> like they, they they and i'm like yeah that's probably a good idea but i just kept going because i was like i had my eye on the prize i wanted to play the fishing game so right. you, you <laughs> i want to catch all those virtual game. fish i'm telling you so, it, was, it was fun man it was it was a good time i recommend it it was is more fun than i thought so so yeah it sounds it sounds like the variety pack definitely is like worth worth the the point of entry like the the cost um but I, I was looking at a demo of the robot game, right? And the dude Me had, too. like, you know, the robot all gear all built up and, and like, the goggles and everything. And th- I don't know. The game, to me, like, the actual software looked pretty bare bones to me. I don't know if that's the only game you can play with the, with the robot stuff. But if it is, then it's, like, I don't know if it would be worth it. Because it's I feel $80. Like that would be, it's that's $80. What I'm saying. And yeah. I'll say right now, the variety pack, I absolutely feel like with the time it's going to take me to put all these things together and the games how they're how how they're 
how fun they are now, I think is absolutely worth it. I think it'd be hard to imagine, though, Nintendo putting out a really bare-bones experience with something they're charging $80 for. They seem pretty aware of, like, value proposition when it comes to software. So I, I, I don't know enough to comment on it, but I do understand your concern because I only saw one level. And granted, what I saw you can do, you can, like, transform in a lot of ways. You can, like, transform into, like, a jet. You can transform into, right. like, there's a lot of cool things going on with that robot suit. I don't know if it's too small for me. Maybe I'm just too big a guy to try. It might be kid size, but it does look, like, fun. Um, my, yeah, my other concern with it, though, too, was, like, it looked like it uses, like, four, maybe five Joy-Cons. Oh. The robot suit? Yeah. Really? Like, <laughs> I didn't know Yeah. That. Like, I, if based on looking at it, it looked like the dude had at least, like, four Joy-Cons going on. Because he had one in each foot, like, one in each hand, and then one in his head. Like, I'm like, dude... Do you really that. expect me to buy like to buy a whole nother set of Joy-Cons, if not two more sets? There's got to be a mode maybe where certain things are unlocked the more Joy-Cons you have, but you can still play with two. There's got to be. There's got to yeah. be. I would hope so, but that, that would, that's kind of ridiculous, though, if you have to buy freaking two more sets of Joy-Cons. It does some cool stuff, man. I mean, yeah, you're right. You're right, because there is that one that goes on your visor. I like how you're wearing this like cardboard visor, and if you pull it down, it puts the game in first-person mode. I think that's hilarious. Right. It's, it, it's think, fun, man. It's going to be interesting to see how this moves forward because, like, Labo surprisingly being a bit of a success, right? Like, I kind yeah. of didn't expect it to do do as well as it is. And to my understanding, I wouldn't be surprised if like a Labo Variety Pack two came oh, out. Bring it, Variety dude. Pack and, three. Yeah, if if I I I'm fully expecting to really fall in love with the rest of the stuff, especially like the keyboard and like the motorcycle, whatever. And if I do, which I think I will, I'm probably gonna buy the robot suit. We'll see. Nice. But I, I'm I'm open to it. I'll put it that way. But it's fun, man. It's really fun. Mm. Um, speaking of fun, I I played another game uh over the past week, and I'll make it quick. But it's an indie game called Lightfall, which was um it was revealed in well it wasn't revealed, but it was uh on a recent like Nindy stream. Like, you know, when Nintendo, like when Nintendo was doing one of their directs, that was like, here's a bunch of indie games coming to the Switch soon. Lightfall was one of them. And I remember being like, that was kind of the only one I was like impressed with because it's like a platformer, but you make your own platforms. Okay. So um, you get this thing called the Shadow Core, which like when you jump and then you press A again, it creates a square under you and you can just like keep doing that to jump higher and higher, but only up to four times before you can touch solid ground. Or you can press like a different button and it creates a square to the side of you that you can then wall jump off. Oh, wow. Right. Interesting. I'm I'm watching it now. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it was uh, funded on Kickstarter and it's developed by this Canadian studio named Bishop Games. Um, It's coming out actually today, the day that the podcast is going live, April 26th. I don't know. It's it's priced for $15, which I think is kind of worth it, depending on what kind of gamer you are. I got a review code for it and I reviewed it at Game Luster. So you can, you can check out the review at GameLuster.com. Self-serve. Um, and it, it's it's pretty solid. It's it's very like it'll tickle that part of your brain who's into speedruns and who's into like, you know, optimizing your platforming like chops, right? So if that's something you're into, like if you're a hardcore like Sonic fan or something like that, you might find something to enjoy in this game cuz it's part like like it's not just learning how to run through the stage the fastest but it's also learning what's the most efficient way to place these platforms as i go so i don't lose any speed and take as many shortcuts as i can 
it looks like a just looking at it it looks like a fusion between uh like sonic and limbo yep yeah it's very limbo inspired in terms of its um aesthetic it's got a lot of like cool blues and purples which is just like i i'm fine with that that's like all my jam uh the music isn't anything to write home about and the story is very like meh shoulder shrug it's all right Mm. um you're really there for the gameplay. You're there for the experience of like, you know, hey, I'm running through these levels. I'm jumping up and wall climbing off the shit. And, you know, yeah, it lives and fun. dies by its platforming mechanics. It looks like. Oh, for sure. Like if they released like a DLC pack or even like free updates of like here are more levels. That's definitely the strength of this game. Is Bill Nye doing a switch game? I don't think so. Oh, it's Labo. He did a video for Labo. Okay, never mind. Oh, <laughs> cool, cool. No, no. Uh, Bill Lightfall, Nye though, is looks, a Switch guy. Lightfall looks looks very interesting. It's got a cool art aesthetic too, from what I'm watching. Yeah, for sure. Like, I'd I'd recommend it if you're if you're even remotely into platformers. It's something worth checking out, if not on a sale, at least. Yeah. Did you uh, you said it's on the Switch? It's coming out on the Switch, and it'll be out on Steam as well. I believe the studio is planned for a PS4 and Xbox One release. That's just um you know not no release date yet okay yeah man i'm still waiting on celeste to go on sale didn't it go on sale like a couple weeks ago on the switch oh i miss it i don't want to play on switch i need something with an actual true diagonal pc yeah fair enough ps4 even so uh that about does it i think for games for this week so let's switch gears and let's talk about some news So let's start off with probably a pretty big story here. Um, you know Valve? You know that small company that owns Steam? Yeah, they're big. All yeah. hail Lord Gaben. Thank you, Gaben. Thank you for stealing all our money via Steam sales. Um, that studio just bought Campo Santo, which you may mm. recognize from being the creators of a little game called Firewatch and the soon-to-be-released In the Valley of the Gods. Does this yeah, mean... you know that game that Colin won't shut up about? Oh, Does... Does oh, this sorry. mean Half-Life 3 slash Portal 3? No. Portal and by, 3. Saying, no? by saying that, you've delayed them by, by another year or two. Dude, it doesn't? You don't think so? I mean, they're very st- story-driven, narrative, first-person games, you don't think? I mean, maybe, but I know for right now, the, the guys who, I guess, for, of the former studio, Campo Santo, they're still working on In the Valley of the Gods. Uh-huh. Like that's still a go. So I, right. I I don't know. I guess it's technically being developed by Valve now, even though you know they they hired yeah, the I entire mean, studio. Yeah, they like they still have like I mean it's still Campo Santo making the game. Like it's still the same people. Um, but I I mean I see this as a good thing personally. I don't know about you guys. Sure. But be, because um I don't know if you guys remember, but Firewatch just was terribly optimized for PS4. It was not optimized well for PS4. They actually, the game didn't actually run properly until they put the PS4 Pro update out for it. And the PS4 Pro update, all, the only difference it made is the game actually ran stably and it didn't have a bunch of the graphics issues that it had in the regular PS4 version. I still huh. played through it on the original PS4 and loved it, but when I pl- played through it on PS4 Pro, it was smooth as butter in comparison. Right. So if that means they have better, you know, uh, optimization on their games, I'm all for it. And even even, you know, that allows Campo Santo to make even larger scale games and, you know, bigger scope of vision and things like that. So I'm all for it. I mean, because I don't know if you're aware, but like Campo Santo has two people that worked on the first season of The Walking Dead, like the video game. 
like Telltale. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I didn't know. Yeah, that. they had like the lead writer and I think the lead programmer or director maybe, um, which probably contributes to like, oh hey, Firewatch has a good story, right? <laughs> um, and obviously I'm I'm looking forward to the same thing in, in the Valley of the Gods, um, and I it's just like you said, Jack, right? Like Portal Two, Half Life Two are very story driven games. So, like, it'll be interesting to see, like, if that talent is being brought on for those games or maybe for, like, an unannounced Valve title. I mean, Valve has, like, started and stopped production on Half-Life 3, like, numerous times. And so many key players have left the company. So, if I'm Gaben, right, I'm thinking, well, shit, we can make a lot of money if we make this game, but we literally have no one that wants to make this game at Valve why don't we just buy someone to make the game? <laughs> I'm just like Maybe. putting, I'm projecting my own like hopes and wants on this, but it's like, that's what they would have to do. If half-life three were ever going to actually be a thing. Yeah. I mean, we'll have to see. I mean, for now, I think the next thing we can expect from this studio is Valley of the gods. That's kind of all we can look pretty cool. To. And that I'm so stoked for that. Yeah. I hope they show it at E3 again this year. Same. I think they will. I mean, that game isn't even slated for this year. That's sometime next year still. So we have a long ways to wait before any uh, other announcements from Valve probably. Video games. Yep. Uh, let's see here. Uh, there's a Deadpool 2. There's the final Deadpool 2 trailer before the movie officially releases. Did you guys see that? It's freaking hilarious, dude. dude. I it's... counted three, four F-bombs. Yep. I can't wait. <laughs> probably. It, it is breaking all the fourth walls. It is so funny. It's so self-aware. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna try and go movie pass at day one, like the oh, Friday yeah. it comes out. Like, oh, I, like, I yeah. Watch I need to. First of all, I need to watch the original. I know fucking boo me, right? Oof. Like boo, boo this man hasn't seen Deadpool <laughs> one yet. It's um, good. Yeah, no, I don't doubt it. It like it would be right up my alley, and that is definitely a superhero movie. I would go completely, completely out of my way to see. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that that trailer had my ass cracking up <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, man that was pretty dark i'm sh- are you sure you're not from the dc universe yeah. it's, it's the ryan reynolds like role that he was born to play you know it's like the oh, best 100 it's like the best fitting role for him since um van wilder <laughs> mm-hmm. and i mean colin since you haven't seen the first movie like expect the same level like probably the same caliber of writing in the second one because the trailer at least makes it feel that way the trailer makes it feel like oh the writing chops are like really up to par with this one it's very deadpool-y like i fucking love the end of the trailer like hey i'm uh i'm peter okay what's your power i just saw the ad i just wanted to join <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay you're, you're in. in you're in <laughs> it's, like, it's good does that does that uh, kind of slight on DC kind of impinge on your fanboyism, Robert? At all as a DC fanboy? No, because I I at least know that the DC cinematic universe is garbage. Besides Wonder Woman, let's be real. Yeah, yeah, and I mean even then, also DC has always had a penchant for like we're dark, we're edgy. Yeah, we tell, yeah, yeah, we tell the dark stories. Right. Like even in the comics, so I still think the Nolan Batman trilogy is better than any Marvel movie, though personally. Black Panther was pretty good. Black Panther's great. Black Panther's and the best movie Logan. since Avatar. Yeah, and I mean, Logan's pretty good. I mean, I know that's not like Marvel Cinematic Universe, but it is still mm-hmm. technically a Marvel movie. Right, right. I mean, so, honestly, honestly though, I, I think the Chris Nolan Batman trilogy, like, they're almost not even superhero movies if you think about it. Y- yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. they're kind of no. more like, what? they're kind of more like dark detective movies. Like, dude, you know Batman what I mean? is the ultimate detective. I mean, well, I, don't know. I understand, but it's not like 
like nothing about the movies is is like really a superhero movie in the like traditional formulaic sense. I don't know, dude. They're pretty superhero to me, but okay. I mean, like, the first movie definitely serves as, like, this is the origin story, you know, it at least follows that trope. Right, I don't know, I've, well, at least the, at least for the, for the most part, like, The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight's more of, like, a detective slash, like, crime film, with, like, a superhero tinge to it. Like, I mean, I'm not gonna say it's, like, not a superhero movie at all, I mean, obviously, but, like, I I definitely feel like it, it leans less towards, like, what you would think is, like, a Marvel superhero movie. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, they're vastly different. Is all I'm trying to Which say. Which is why I, I like them better. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, with you. yeah. I'm, they're, it's a great film. Not gonna, not gonna dispute that for sure. I can understand that. Um, another hero movie, superhero movie trailer, kind of dropped uh, for Venom. Yes. The the new Sony owned uh, like IP, I guess. Right. Which is really weird because they gave Spider Man away to Marvel right for the MCU, but they kept Venom couldn't explain why Did you catch the the weird thing at the beginning of the trailer too is like what was it in in association with marvel not yeah, like yeah. not like the normal marvel movie like look they associate with us but this ain't part of the part of what we got going on over here you know yeah, this ain't um, the universe so i don't know it, it looked like a 90s movie which in a way was kind of cool to me it looked like an old style like kind of low budge right like the it, graphics come like where the the symbiote is coming out of his body like knocking people around that looked really yeah. like old it it looked like prototype you know that game prototype yeah yep. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yep. it kind of felt like that a little bit it. you know um, i i grew up with a one of my best friends growing up he was always a huge marvel fan right and he would always fall like follow what was going on with the movies and things like that and dude i remember him telling me about that they were going to make a venom movie after spider-man 3 came out like they've been talking about making this movie oh yeah oh yeah it's been in the pipe for a very long time yeah why would they talk about that after spider-man 3 though because like look i love that 70s show but topher grace was not fucking eddie brock yeah that was was the the worst uh, choice that was the mass effect andromeda of that spider-man series yeah yeah and i mean tom hardy fits it physically um he definitely looks more eddie brocky yeah which I'm I'm okay with that. Uh, definitely not a fan of the writing, though. This is a movie where in the trailer, you know, the highlights of the movie, they literally have him say, you're working for the bad guy. <laughs> with know, a straight like, face, I'm po- yeah. I'm pointing at the antagonist right now. This is the antagonist <laughs> to this three-part story in three acts. We're in the first act right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of yeah. what it felt like with the writing, which is like, this is garbage. I, I, yeah, I, know, I don't know. I know of the character, but I don't, like, have intimate right knowledge of the comics. But from mm-hmm. what I hear from people that do have knowledge of the comics is that everything happening in this is, like, incredibly, incredibly faithful to the comic book. So people that really? really know, yeah. So people that really know Venom should be very happy here because they are like following it to a T, much like they did for the first half of the Watchmen film too. Um, but I, what? Let me just ask you guys: the money shot is, you know, we get to see Venom at the end here. Yeah. So that's we really what this is Venom. all. That's this is what this is all kind of coming up to. I had to see what they were going to make that look like, and he looks pretty much just like the comic book. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'd I'm say it's that. right there. I mean, um, they uh, have Tom Hardy playing him, so in, that means he's going to look way beefier than friggin' Topher Grace's bullshit, like whatever that was in yeah. Spider-Man 3. Um, yeah. And so, like, I, I know that coming, you know, like I said, I had a buddy growing up who's a huge Marvel guy. He went on and on about, like, Venom and Carnage. They were two of his, like, favorite villains yeah. in all of the MCU. 
And so, like, learning from him about Eddie Brock and uh, Kent Cassidy, what's the dude, Carter's name? I don't know. We go on and on about yeah. them, and, and he's like, yeah, the Venom Saga and the comics for Spider-Man were, like, some of the best, you know, Spider-Man comics there ever was, and blah, blah, blah. And, like, wow. So, yeah, I mean, I, I got a little bit of, like, by, by proxy, I have a little bit of hype for that movie. I'm but totally going to go trailer see didn't, But the trailer didn't look the greatest, like at yeah. all compare it to, compare it to 90s movies i think that's what they're going for here with this i think they're def- going for yeah, 90s action movie which to me i can get behind that idea because they need to have their own kind of take on this like i'm getting more logan vibes from the cinematography right. than like marvel's super you know superhero universe which i'm i'm fine with i don't want I don't all know, the I just, look the same like i can't get over just like the writing feels super bad from this, yeah, this trailer. Been, yeah. You know what I mean? And I can't get over it. It's not even like in the cheesy, like, oh, that's funny. And it's not even in the, like, fucking Tommy Wiseau kind of, like, bad. It's, it's good. just, like, low rent. It's just, yeah. it's just not great. It's, like, phoned in from a guy who was on Craigslist and said, I could write. So the screenwriter, <laughs> so, is he worked on Gone in 60 Seconds with Nicolas Cage and Con Air. Oh my nice. god! So no wonder it feels so nineties. Exactly. So get hype for that. Uh, I am. I'm gonna watch it for free, and I'm gonna enjoy the shit out of it. And I'm Fair not gonna. Enough. I'm gonna go in low I, expectations and be like, surprised. I really hope they don't pull a Smallville. Have you guys seen that show, Smallville? You're talking about the TV Long show where ago. that woman who just got arrested for sex trafficking. No, no, it's like Teenage <laughs> Superman. No, I know you. I guess you don't know about this, but a woman that was on that show got arrested for human sex trafficking. Oh shit! Well, that's good to know. <laughs> oh um, yeah, read the news. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, like I, I remember like I watched all of it, which I will never understand why I did that because it's like ten full fucking seasons. Wow. And, yeah, and and he doesn't even wear the Superman suit until like the last 10 minutes of the last episode <laughs> and he doesn't even fly until the 10th season it's very like slow wow. burn they pull a kind of passion of the christ there with that yeah look, yeah and um, and i hope that venom isn't the same thing where like that money shot we saw at the end of the trailer is like there's only two more seconds of that in the actual movie and then we're done oh, oh rip. they yeah, better not dude yeah no i yeah. want to see the suit in action same and i didn't know the suit had its own voice and he's like fighting with it like I learned, yeah, yeah, that, that's kind of like the that's the uh, the the, that's the, the thing symbiote. With, yeah, that's that's the, like Venom's character, right? Is it's Eddie Brock and the symbiote kind of like sharing the same body and kind of going back and forth. Yeah, uh, that's a cool idea. I can see it going places. So I'm gonna say, like I said, I'm gonna go into low expectations and let them surprise me. But I have to see this in movie and theaters. I have to. Dude, Same. I will never. I, the one of the very few Smallville episodes I ever caught. There was one that I watched. And I, I don't know why I'll never forget it, but it was the episode where they explain how he gets heat vision. Yeah, and <laughs> I, he's like, I get heat vision by thinking about sex. Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck? Because and, and here was, here's what it is too. It's like I think they're watching like a like a video, an educational video, quote unquote, like about sex like, ed. Yeah, sex ed about lions or something, right? And then, like, all of a sudden, he's like, oh, it gotta go. And he's, like, he's, like, covering his eyes. And he, like, heat vision everywhere. I'm like, what in the fuck? Yeah. And, and like, he has to talk to his Earth dad about that. And his Earth... Like, it's a very awkward conversation of the birds and the bees and also heat vision. Oh. <laughs> like, that show was I can fucking never, weird, I can dude. never forget that now. Like, every time... Every time that Superman does heat vision, he's thinking about someone getting boned. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's even that's when he's canon. angry. When he's, he's think of, think of like, like fucking hard, like really hard sex or something when he's angry. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. 
<laughs> All right. So with that, uh, that should get close to wrapping up our show here. So I'm going to toss it over to Colin, who has our question of the week. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I, I don't know. I, I, I think I was in class or whatever, and I came up with this interesting question. So we talk about esports every once in a while on the show, right? Mm-hmm. And this game's esports, that game's esports. ESPN is covering League of Legends, Overwatch esports now. Pretty crazy stuff. But I wanted to ask you guys if you could turn any game into the next esport, what game would it be? Oh, shoot. Any game or video game? Video, video game, yeah. Video game. Okay. Man. Yeah, I know. It's, 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 I took a little bit of brain power. I, um, I was trying to think of some, like, I mean, fighting games is kind of the go-to in my head. Those are Maybe, already esports, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, there's FGC. Yeah, I know, but, like, it's they don't just play, like, any fighting games. You know what I'm saying? There's a, there's a lot that they leave uh, out. Okay, okay. Yeah. I guess I get what you're saying. Yeah. I would love to see competitive... Well, I guess Team Fortress 2 already is, isn't it, in esport? Mm-hmm. Yeah, never mind. Okay. Oh, I got it. Oh, I know I what know. I want to see now. Okay, good. Okay, um, you remember that era in like the late '90s and like 2000s with like Tony Hawk Pro Skater and like oh, Mike, Mike we, Matt yes, Hoffman yes. BMX and yeah, like yeah. SSX Tricky? I oh want to see competitive God. esports BM triple, of that. BM Triple X. Yeah. <laughs> Tree- oh my God! Okay. Please, I would love that. I got mine. Okay. We motherfucking bowling, son. <laughs> That'd be good. Because, yes. like, real life bowling is already so, boring yeah, as shit to watch. Pro ass Wii bowling would be some real shit. <laughs> Dude, shit would be so turt. <laughs> you know, every time I think of pro bowling, I just think of this line from Jim Gaffigan There are people who have their own bowling ball, their own bowling shoes, and no friends. <laughs> there, now that I'm thinking about it, uh, after the show, I want to go on YouTube and, like, search, like, professional Wii bowling competition. Like,. He gets so real. <laughs> like officially Nintendo sanctioned. Yeah, I, I want the prize pool. <laughs> I, I want this to exist. <laughs> the prize pool is just like a bowl of nachos. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say too. It's like bowling is the only sport in which you can eat a bowl of fucking nachos between every frame. <laughs> I still don't understand the scoring in bowling. It's like one of my great shames in life. I don't know. I how still to do keep listen. Score. Don't feel bad because I don't completely understand it either. I know boxing scoring. I don't know bowling scoring. And that's it. I, I don't know. I just I would love to see like Winter Olympics and then alongside it just Winter E Olympics and it's just a bunch of people playing SSX Olympics. I like that. Olympics. Yeah. Olympics. Today on perfect on pro we bowling we got Grandma Betty versus <laughs> Lil Peep. Dude, I think <laughs> a Lil Peep. He's known for using Ooh. the foot technique where he puts the Wiimote between his big toe and the rest of his toes to bowl. I heard Queen Elizabeth is like a fan of Wii bowling. Like hardcore. Actually? Fan. Yeah, actually. Huh. I read a story about that. So what about you? Yeah, every, everybody's grandma pick? has a Wii sitting in their attic now. They so. really do, yeah. They're That's collecting true. dust. What do you what, what about you, Colin? What would you do? Oh god, dude. Like I put so much thought into this. Like I, I tossed around a bunch of like uh, obscure fighting games in my head. I'm so like I was surprised like uh I don't know if like Guilty Gear was ever uh, was that a, any ever Huge. like an FGC thing? Was that Huge. already FGC? 
Okay. Uh, Guilty Gear Exerted, yeah, especially. Okay, I guess that's kind of a dumb one then. Dead or Alive, I don't know. If, like, I've always kind of touted that as a pretty pretty uh, upper upper scale like 3D fighter. I know 3D fighters are kind of frowned upon in the FGC community. Isn't that true, Robert? Uh, I mean, Tekken. Tekken's pretty, that's that's true. Yeah, There's Tek- Tekken. Tekken's pretty big. But they yeah, are a minority mean, compared to the 2D, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I I mean I I guess I'm sure there's some reasoning why they don't really go with Dead or Alive, but Dead or Alive is like one of my favorite fighting games. I I, I thought of I should have thought of more ridiculous one though. I'm sure it's out there. I don't know. Pro fucking Nintendo dogs. Let's do it. Let's <laughs> go. <laughs> what like dog fighting and shit? Like, like, like dog. Who, who could raise the better boy? Who's gonna raise killer. the good good boy? Yeah, the, the good the boy. boy. The goodest boy. Yeah. Goodest Doge. So boy. So. Oh man, what about uh, I forgot what I was gonna say. Never mind, just keep going. <laughs> oh okay. Um, oh, competitive Sims. Competitive there Sims. Be, there could be a lot to that. Like, who could get to the like end of the career the fastest? Who can kill their Sims the fastest? Isn't that speed running? Ah, uh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Isn't that already a thing? <laughs> yeah, dude. There are people who speed run like who can get banned from the PlayStation Network faster. Oh, that's kind of fun. Yeah, that would be that would be a good competition. Like, who can get banned from some service the quickest? Who's Dude, the black the club, club penguin? <laughs> yeah, oh. there's a video of that. N-word, actually, N-word, of, N-word, N-word, N-word. Yeah, no, there's a video of that. Someone, I think it was like within a minute, got banned from wow. Club Penguin. That's fun. Yeah, it's it's impressive. I remember what I was gonna say now. So one of the my favorite games that you wouldn't expect to be an esport, but actually is and has a pretty decent sized community is uh, professional Catherine players. Really? Oh yeah, yeah, interesting. Absolutely, that is cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, like I, the idea I remember. Of that. Like, I remember hearing like at fighting game events, like that's kind of like a thing people do. Totally like, is between between like actual fighting yeah. events. Catherine gets gets real raw, man. There's some um, big players in that game, so it's one of you the know, cooler game, lost uh, hidden gems, kind of. That's a yeah. game that I need to buy for my PS3. I'm sorry, oh, I'm it's like game. five what? bucks, no. dude. Wait, no, yeah, no, no, wait, because sure. there's there's a ca- there's gonna be a Catherine remastered where they're gonna add a third girl, so that's gonna be like even more story. Yo, okay, I'm looking yeah, out so, for that. So, so my, I, who, who knows when it's coming out? Like, we don't even know when it's coming out in Japan, but you know, my, it's on the horizon. My wife would see that game on my shelf and she would make fun of me when she was my girlfriend. She's like, dude, the collector's the, edition came was, with panties. I know. She's like, yeah. what is this? Like, my girlfriend, <laughs> the game. <laughs> she would dig but into me so hard. I I love that game. It's it's good. it's actually a puzzle game. Is what yeah. it is. It's not a with, girlfriend with a love triangle. I guess there is that story there, but it's more a puzzle game than anything. I mean, it also like asks you questions about fidelity and like I just I general far, romance. Yeah. No, but, I mean like before every puzzle, you know, there's like that. Oh you yeah, know, yeah, like you know, is it is it better to only have one partner for the rest of your life or multiple partners throughout your life? And right, you have right. To, like, choose, yeah. Uh, it was kind of inspired by Intelligent Cube 2 as well on the PS1, one of the best uh, puzzle games of that era, in my oh, opinion. Oh, yeah. Super I actually, hard. I, was, I watched a video about that game. It looks awesome. Intelligent Cube is hard, man. You have but to it's, be it's intelligent. And, yeah, and, and Cube Which 2. I am not. I'm yeah. actually illiterate. That's that's true. <laughs> 40% it, of America is illiterate. Yeah, here, here's actually behind the scenes. We have to guide Colin. Like, we call him on the phone and tell him, like, what to click and where to go to to actually get him on this call with us. Yeah, this is this is why, you know, Ro- Robert looks at the script for me. So, yeah, this is also a pre-scripted show. Yeah, this completely. Is, we're going a little off script right now. but Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I sound like I can uh, read really fast, I guess, when I talk. Yeah. <laughs> going off script. 
That's so, why do you think I stutter so much, guys? I'm sitting here trying to like make out these these yeah. weird symbols. Every time we trip over our each other's sentences and have <laughs> awkward conversation, that's all scripted. That's all, all scripted. Yeah, it's all planned. It's, we are professionals. Do not attempt this at home. Yeah, In other we, words, we are not Terrace House. We are not unscripted. Yeah, we farmed this out to our writer, Jeffrey. <laughs> that reminds me. I was listening to this. You guys will think it's funny. This is the last thing I want to say. So <laughs> I was talking about Terrace House to you guys. And I was talking about you die and all this stuff, and right? And like all his annex and all that. And I get off the call, and my wife's like, who died? <laughs> and I'm like, no, you die. That's the name of his character. She's like, oh, I thought you were talking about some you. You die's you, social life, maybe. Uh, That's yeah. who died. Yeah, you die. She, she thought I was talking about like some dark show or something like that. Jeez, like, I want to see you die. <laughs> no, no. All right, so that about does it for our show today on the Tiny Disc Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback, anything you want us to read live on this pre-recorded show, you can email it to us at tinydiscpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find all of our social media links at tinydisc.com. That's also where you can find all of our previous episodes if you're so inclined to go through our backlog. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us an iTunes review that really help us out and mean more than you know. If not, um, go to a fighting game tournament and challenge everyone to a game of Catherine. And whether you win or lose, tell them to listen to the Tiny Disc Podcast because we told you to do it. Uh, yeah, it's good. So where can we find you guys online on the internet? You can find me at boo underscore underscore five five, a.k.a. Colin Amato on Twitter. And uh, on the note of esports, I'd just like to give a shout out to the guys over at the Game Arena here in Hilliard, Ohio. These guys are awesome. They're doing great things. They have an esports arena. They have over 50 custom made tower PCs that they built by hand. Whoa. They have Oof. DX racer type chairs. They're insanely comfortable. Freaking desk side food service that you what? order right at your desk. This place is amazing. Yo, they built but a PC bong in Hilliard? A PC bong. Wait, no. Okay. Is it actually? It sounds like a PC bomb. Yes. A what? I'm so confused. Okay, a, PC a PC cafe. Bomb is, a, is a, It's a Korean internet cafe where it's basically that. There are a bunch of high end PCs. I was order so confused because I thought you were referring to something to do with Mary Jane. No. <laughs> okay. Hey, okay. When you told me, hey, there's a game arena, I was like, oh, okay, cool. So they just play esports there. It's not a yeah, fucking this game. Is it's a way PC cooler. Bomb. This is sounds way cooler. Yeah, so anyway, shout out to those guys. They're super cool. Owners doing awesome things with that place. They've been open about two months. What's if it called? you guys called? are in the area, check it out. It's called Game Arena, Hilliard, Ohio. I want to check it out when I go there Not now. a great name. Let's go there, Hell guys. Yeah. Let's go there. When right I get yeah, out. we can. We can no, totally when I, go. When I, go to, when I get to Columbus next, like three yeah. weeks, two yeah. weeks. Yeah. But yeah, where can we find you, Jack? Uh, I'll be in Columbus in like two and a half weeks. I'm really excited about it. That, but, that too. Uh, <laughs> you'll find me um, at uh, H-Mart buying the baked wheat cake, cheese mushy cake uh tweet at me with your favorite variety of the mushy cake uh actually don't tweet at me because i'm not on twitter anymore really but uh find me on the instagram at mr dot underscore cepeda and uh we'll see you there yeah gram at him is that, is that how it works i don't know i don't know what you do <laughs> and you can find me on twitter and all the social medias at pinoptimist p-i-n-o-p-t-i-m-i-s-t Thank you so very, very much for listening to this episode of the Tiny Disc Podcast, and we'll see you next Thursday. I'm going to go eat this curry on my desk that my roommate brought me while we're recording. Bye, guys. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) 